Hello, fellow Powder Hounds, and welcome to the Powder Hounds Podcast, the Ski Trivia Podcast. I'm your host, Jeff Shaw. You can follow me on Twitter at PowderHoundSkis. You can also email me at PowderHoundSkiTrivia at gmail.com for comments, questions, or corrections. The weekend before Thanksgiving was a wild one for Northeast skiing. Over a dozen resorts opened within 72 hours of one another, and the race to open has a new winner. While the ski areas that did open were the usual suspects, it was still exciting to see so many ski areas embrace the short 48-hour window of below-freezing regional temperatures to kick off the winter season. And if you caught my last episode, I made the common assumption that Killington would be the first to open in the East. I was so confident in this happening. An entire trivia game was built around that premise. Last month, Killington announced Thursday, November 17th as their opening date. But at noon, an interesting time, it was almost like they were inviting another ski area to swoop in and steal the crown. And sure enough, that's what happened. The music inspiration is CCR's Proud Mary, a nod to Sunday River for opening three hours before Killington to take the first to open crown. And sure, Proud Mary is a song about a riverboat, but I'm gonna go with the big bull wheel keep on turning, a nod to lift spinning in the east and to rolling on a river, a nod to ripping rollers at Sunday River. As of this recording, over two dozen ski areas in the East kicked off their 2022-2023 winter seasons. While you decide where you're going to ski next, I invite you to sit back, kick your feet up, relax, and enjoy the experience of everything skiing and riding Powderhounds. Sources for today's episode, New England Ski Journal, No Boundaries, Out of Bounds Media, Semirad.com, Ski New Hampshire, Ski Magazine, Ski Central, NBC, and various ski area websites. We begin with a familiar segment, Tips Up, your read, listen, and watch recommendations. First up, a listen recommendation. The Out of Bounds podcast episode from August 22nd, 2022, where host Adam Jabber talks with Mario Molina, executive director of Protect Our Winters, otherwise known as POW. Mario Molina clears the air on who is the outdoor state. That is the 50 million of us who consider the outdoors essential part of our lifestyle. 50 million people is a considerable voting block, both nationally but also in states where outdoor recreation is a huge part of the economy and lifestyle. The conversation starts at 7 minutes 20 seconds, and I highly recommend listening to it if you have any preconceived notions about Protect Our Winters. As an example, if you break down the 50 million people by political affiliation, the composition of that outdoor state is 40% Democrats, 31% Republicans, and 29% unaffiliated. Pretty even, right? 
The conversation covers a wide range of topics, including positive steps forward on bipartisan climate policy with the recently passed bipartisan infrastructure package, and also the most recently passed Inflation Reduction Act, a huge first step in the form of hundreds of billions of dollars for grid improvements, electric vehicles and charging stations, as well as research in renewable energy storage. You'll also hear tips on how we can travel smarter to, in, and from the mountains. Mario also shares the secret sauce of how Protect Our Winter's influence has not only grown, but has become a model for finding common ground, both literally and figuratively, among people who may disagree on a lot of things, but not climate. Moving on to a watch recommendation. This is a 17-minute video entitled A Mile an Hour by Bo Miles. I don't know about you, but there is just not enough time in the day. While I consider myself an organized person who's pretty good at time management, it's still a regular challenge, if not slog, to get shit done. Enter Bo Miles. Bo is a runner, but is also a highly skilled craftsman, cook, gardener, and napper. He's also really good at getting shit done. As the title of the video suggests, Bo runs one mile each hour for 24 hours. He actually runs a little longer to get the extra 2.2 miles for a full marathon distance of 26.2 miles over the 24 hours. A few things he gets done along the way, picks up trash in his neighborhood, chops, sands, and measures two by fours, assembles a wooden table, plays a game of Scrabble with his spouse, plants trees in his front yard, bakes bread, makes stew, enjoys a glass of wine, shaves his beard, stokes the fire in his workshop, attempts to sleep in his trailer, all the while checking off each completed task on an oversized to-do list, displaying a growing amount of satisfaction as the hours pass. This video and a similar combination of time management infused running called the procrastinator's punishment will surely inspire you to get shit done this winter season. And finally, a read recommendation, Ski Magazine article entitled, You Can Chase Affordable Powder Days Without a Mega Pass. I Did, by Jeff Shaw. <laughs> yes, by me. As I mentioned a few pods ago, I was off the grid much of August and September. A new baby, long vacation, and just lazy beach days fueled an extended break from anything having to do with skiing. But while flipping through the newly arrived and last print version of Ski Magazine, a familiar name caught my eye in the table of contents as a contributor, Jeff Shaw, me. Prior to that extended summer break, I submitted an essay to Ski Magazine about my past winter season and what a wonderful surprise it was to see my name as a contributor in that last print version of Ski Magazine. You can find my byline article online at skimag.com under the Ski Resort Life section. The piece revealed my formula for chasing powder at an affordable price. In-season discounts and cheap lift tickets do exist. You just have to not mind bouncing around different ski areas 
and not mind winter driving. Point of fact, one of our two trivia games later will talk about the latest deals and lift ticket discounts happening right now. Moving on to our next segment, the race to open closure and my busted bracket. Well, sort of. Last episode, I spent some time combing through opening dates of ski areas in the Northeast, both historical data as well as projected openings this winter season. Understanding Killington's firm grip on the first to open, last to close honors, I ranked the next two dozen or so ski areas most likely to be among the first to open in November. A sweet 16 March Madness style bracket pitted ski areas against one another in head-to-head matchups based on the rankings. After three rounds of matchups, the winner would be the favorite to face Killington in the race to open. Unfortunately, an apples-to-apples comparison of my bracket and the correct bracket isn't possible because not just one, not just two, not just three, but four ski areas outside the bracket were among the first 16 to open. However, like my bracket, Sands, Bretton Woods, the actual early openings final four were Sunday River, Sugarloaf, Gore, and also Bel Air, joining Killington with the top honors this season. Wondering what the actual top 16 rankings were? I'll tell you. Number one, the winner, Sunday River in Maine. Opening on November 17th at 9 a.m., Sunday River was also the first ski area in Maine to open, edging Killington by just a few hours. That's right, number two, Killington in Vermont. First to open in Vermont, on also on November 17th, but at 12 p.m. Tied for third, Sugarloaf in Maine, Bel Air in New York, and Gore, also in New York, all opened on November 18th. Number six, Stowe in Vermont opened on November 19th at 8 a.m. Tied for seventh was Okimo in Vermont and Whiteface in New York, also opening on November 19th, but at 9 a.m. Tied for ninth, Sugarbush in Vermont, Brenton Woods in New Hampshire, and Hunter Mountain in New York, also opening on November 19th, but at 10 a.m. And yes, I'm a bit of a stickler when it comes to these rankings. Number 12, Mount Snow in Vermont, opened November 20th at 9 a.m. Number 13, Windham Mountain in New York, opened on November 21st at 9 a.m. Number 14, Bristol Mountain in New York, opened on November 22nd at 9 a.m. And then tied for 15, Loon in New Hampshire and Wachusett in Massachusetts, both opening on November 23rd. Wachusett, of course, is the first in Massachusetts. And why not throw in an honorable mention? Thanksgiving Day openings go to Tied for 17, Wildcat in New Hampshire and Mount Sunapee in New Hampshire. To my utter delight, the proposition of another ski area besting Killington at its first to open game became prophecy. Thank you, Sunday River. Now a few interesting observations to provide that closure 
to the race to open in the East. First, Killington did not open first, flipping the entire premise of the game on its head. So it was kind of like a number 16 seed wildcard winning after all. Second, while my Cinderella pick of number 14 seed Bretton Woods proved too much of a stretch, Bretton Woods solidified itself as the first to open in New Hampshire, having done so five straight years. They only shared the title with Loon in 2021 and 2018. And to be fair, Bretton Woods, while technically tied for ninth in the race to open this year, they opened just two days later than Sunday River. <laughs> Third, most surprising, four wildcard ski areas jumped into the top 16 rankings, again, making an actual bracket to correct bracket comparison impossible. And in case you missed it, they were number 13, Wyndham in New York, number 14, Bristol Mountain in New York, tied for number 15, Wachusett in Massachusetts, and the honorable Thanksgiving Day opening mention, Wildcat in New Hampshire. And finally, this year marked the most ski areas to open before Thanksgiving since 2019. 15 this year, 4 last year, 10 in 2020, 18 in 2019, and 17 in 2018. Moving on to our next segment, the trivia games. We have two games in the segment, the first of which, game one, Ski Magazine, Scathing Comments, Matching Game. <laughs> now, normally, I tend to keep content positive, if not fun. This segment, while negative, captures a moment in time, perhaps someone at their worst for reasons unknown. As you probably saw, Ski Magazine dropped their top resort list for the East and for the West 2023 based on their reader poll. I'm fairly confident the resort ranking comments were overly positive, hence the high marks. But I suppose it's hard not to wonder about those less than flattering comments. Turns out Ski Magazine thought it was worth sharing them. So below, we're gonna match the scathing comment to the ski area. Now I just pulled out the ones from the East. The scathing comments for the West are just as spicy. We begin in New Hampshire and Maine with three ski areas and three scathing comments. The ski areas are Waterville Valley in New Hampshire, Cannon Mountain in New Hampshire, and Sunday River in Maine. Here are the scathing comments. They don't care for customer concerns and start almost every directive with, quote, you can't, i.e. park there, stand there, put your stuff there, ski there, etc. Current management is fundamentally clueless about the customer experience and snow quality. And finally, lodges are abysmal, lifts are tired and old, and their once awesome snowmaking and grooming is only good now. All right, the matching to be revealed. Scathing comment number one, Cannon Mountain in New Hampshire. Scathing comment number two, Waterville Valley in New Hampshire. And scathing comment number three, Sunday River in Maine. I'm not going to read the scathing comments again. Moving on to Vermont. Three Vermont ski areas received scathing comments. They would be Sugarbush, Okemo, and Stowe. Scathing comment number one. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. It breaks my heart a bit, 
But this ski area used to provide a stunning, friendly experience with exceptional guest service and now fails on every front to deliver a quality experience. Scathing comment number two. If you want to wait in traffic and long lift lines and drive around looking for parking, this is your spot. Profits over customers is bad business. And final skating comment, the resort has lost its unique flavor and is now just another crowded resort. All right, skating comments were read in the following order. Okimo was the first, Stowe was the second, and Sugarbush was the third. And finally, in New York, just two, Gore Mountain and Whiteface Mountain. First scathing comment, customer service is below average. Snowmaking and grooming is mediocre. Still can't figure out how to lay out a lift line maze. And scathing comment number two, it's like every day they're trying to open a ski area or run one for the first time ever without knowing what they're doing. Broken lifts for the whole season. All right, that would be gore and whiteface in that order. Again, everyone has a bad day, both operators and skiers and riders, so we will say no more, just a moment in time. On to the positive. Game number two, in-season, cheap lift ticket deals. Trivia. <laughs> now, unlike previous trivia games, when I usually read each question first, give you a chance to think about it, and then go back through and reveal each answer, I'm just going to ask the question, Pause for a moment and then reveal the answer. Question number one, multiple choice. From January 5th to March 24th, what main ski area offers special discount lift tickets for the low price of $15? A, Black Mountain, B, Saddleback, C, Sunday River, or D, Sugarloaf? The answer? A, Black Mountain. Yes, the return of LL Bean Days. Beginning January 5th, Black Mountain of Maine has LL Bean Days. The ski area will offer lift tickets for $15 on Thursdays, $25 on Fridays. Note, the deals are not offered during the holiday peak periods. Also, I should note, Black Mountain of Maine is a Wednesday to Sunday operation. Lift tickets are normally $55 on the weekends. Black Mountain of Maine is also a new partner on the Indy Pass. Quick ski area stats if you're not familiar with Black Mountain of Maine. Vertical drop, 1,380 feet. Average annual snowfall, 140 inches. Skiable terrain, 600 acres. Question number two. Also multiple choice. Ski New Hampshire launched their discount lift ticket program in November. Which ski area sold out first? A, Brenton Woods, B, Cranmore, C, Loon, or D, Waterville Valley? The answer, A, Brenton Woods. Yes, their discounted lift ticket of $92 was impossible to resist because their price to ski on a weekend, $129. 
It does get a little cheaper on the weekdays, $105. I should also note the other options in the question, their discount lift tickets were $99 for a loon, also now sold out, and $79 for both Cranmore and Waterville Valley, both have since sold out. I should also use this opportunity to mention Ski New Hampshire still has plenty of cheap lift ticket deals available. Here's a list from cheapest to most expensive. Dartmouth Skiway, $35. McIntyre Ski Area, $35. King Pine, $59. Ragged, $65. Pat's Peak, $68. Black Mountain of New Hampshire, $72. Gunstock, $78. And finally, Cannon, $79. And number three, saving the best for last, select all that apply. As the episode title teased, literally, the best multi-mountain pass product you don't know about. New for 2022-2023 season, the No Boundaries Pass. Get this, nine days of skiing for $99. You heard that right. Yes, 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 there are some details. But first, let's learn who we're talking about. Three ski areas in Maine and New Hampshire make up the roster of the new No Boundaries Pass. Who the heck are they? A. Dartmouth Skiway in New Hampshire. B. Mount Abram in Maine. C. Saddleback in Maine. Or D. Wellback in New Hampshire. Again, select all that apply. The answers. A. Dartmouth Skiway. B, Mount Abram, and D, well back. And about those details. <laughs> now it is a physical pass product that entitles the pass holder only to either one Saturday or holiday lift ticket, one Sunday or one weekday lift ticket, or three weekday lift tickets at each of the three partner mountains. That's up to nine days of skiing for just $99. About those mountain partners, Mount Abram in Greenwood, Maine. Vertical drop, 1,150 feet. Skiable acres, 450. Average annual snowfall, couldn't find that. Dartmouth Skiway in Lyme, New Hampshire. Vertical drop, 968 feet. Skiable acres, 104. Average annual snowfall, also couldn't find. And well back in Enfield, New Hampshire, vertical drop, 700 feet, skiable acres, 85, average annual snowfall, 110 inches. Again, the No Boundaries Pass has zero blackout dates and can be used anytime during the season. They emphasize, as I will, by avoiding peak periods, you can use your pass up to three days at each mountain for that total of nine days. Now my hot take, as someone who loves skiing different places, I absolutely am head over heels in love for this model for four reasons. It gives you, number one, an affordable pass product that is, number two, flexible, to number three, multiple ski areas with, number four, multiple days at each ski area. If that was hard to follow, <laughs> 
Again, I'll simplify. It gives you an affordable pass product that is flexible to multiple ski areas with multiple days at each ski area. <laughs> please, 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 other unaffiliated ski areas, do this. This is great. Please do this. Now, I should also add some honorable mentions in the in-season discount lift ticket offerings. There were some recent cyber sales that caught my eye. Berkshire East in Massachusetts, you got a $10 gift card for every $100 spent. Saddleback in Maine, they had a buy one, get one lift ticket for $79. And Sugarloaf, also in Maine, 57% off single day lift tickets. Also, Jiminy Peak in Massachusetts, their Cyber Monday deal actually translates into skiing on Tuesdays. A single day lift ticket, normally $109 on a weekend or $99 on a weekday is just $49 on three specific days. Tuesday, January 10th is cut your energy cost day. Tuesday, February 2nd is Groundhog Day. And Tuesday, February 14th, Valentine's Day. That's right, just $49 on those three days. Jiminy Peak also has special savings on Twilight Lift tickets on Pi Day, that would be Tuesday, March 14th, for $31.40. And on St. Patrick's Day, Friday, March 17th, for $17. Twilight tickets are normally $59. Over at Magic Mountain in Vermont, their Freedom 4-pack, fully transferable and flexible single-day lift tickets, went on sale with a 25% discount. They are blacked out, however, on Martin Luther King Jr. Day and President's Day weekend. And finally, J-Peak in Vermont debuts their Mission Fordable, heavily discounted four-pack promotion. The four-packs, fully transferable, single-day lift tickets can be used anytime throughout the season by anyone you'd like. Their Tier 1 pricing is just $259 for that four-pack, though it ends on November 28th, that pricing. However, Tier 2 pricing begins on November 29th and runs through December 19th for $299, that same four-pack. Again, the math still comes out to about $75 per ticket. Pretty great deal for JPEG. Again, these are just a handful of regional discounts that bucks the terrible trend of $150 lift tickets. Amen to regional discounts. I should also mention that by the time this episode airs, some of the deals I just mentioned may have sold out or are unavailable. Moving on to our next segment, a preview of the next episode. I don't normally preview upcoming episodes. Actually, I don't think I ever have, as ideas tend to come to me at random. I'll spare sharing about my creative process. You're here to listen to some goofy shit to break up a long day or drive. This next episode bucks the trend of random episode creation. It was inspired more than two years ago. It began around 2 or 3 a.m. when our newborn was doing his best night owl impression. Netflix in the wee hours of the morning became routine. While a steady diet of comedy specials was the go-to, I binged on a surprising decades-old series, NBC's The West Wing. <laughs> now, I can't say for sure why, The West Wing. Having only caught episodes here and there when it first aired in the early 2000s. But it was a chaotic time, both in my house 
across the country, heck, around the world. It still kind of is. And I probably just wanted to remind myself of a simpler time and probably how a normal White House operated. In the last season, the fictional spouse of one of the main characters debuted. Not only did I do a double take, I was transported back 30 years ago to a roaring time of Esquire, Powder, and Skiing, and anything but the Hateful Eight. <laughs> that last sentence was a bit of a teaser riddle, which will be revealed come January. <laughs> Stay with me, folks. <laughs> Looks like it's four o'clock. Time to catch the last chair. Thank you for listening. Have a question, comments, or corrections? Email me at powderhoundskitrivia at gmail.com. You can also follow me on Twitter at powderhoundskis. Better yet, subscribe to the podcast at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcast Manager, Verbal, Spotify, and Stitcher. Just type Powderhounds Podcast. Until next time, see you on the slopes, Powderhounds. Hounds.